For RCR-TV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings. We take a look at all things DAS, Wi-Fi, small cell, and much, much more. Comscope. Thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Register today for the Wireless Infrastructure Show, the premier national event for mobile network solutions, produced for the industry, by the industry. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com all right, welcome back to HetNet Happenings. Uh, today we're going to talk a lot about small cells, what they are, how carriers use them, and we're going to go over a little bit of news relative to that space. You'll see I've got my earbuds in today. That's because joining me live via Zoom is our editor, Kelly Hill. Kelly's out in Denver, Colorado. She does a lot of fine work for us in the test and measurement space, and she also recently conducted a very well-received webinar on small cells. So Kelly, thanks for joining us. Hey, John, glad to be here. All right, so before we take a, a dive into this, just to put it in a little bit of perspective how important small cells are to carriers, I'd like to mention a recent market report put out by the Small Cell Forum. Now, they report that carriers have received shipment of some 10.2 million small cell units, and those are for both rural and metropolitan deployments. And I think if I, if I remember the research correctly, 17,000 of those have gone for uh, rural use cases. So Kelly, before we start, can you give us a uh, sort of brief explanation of what a small cell is and then tell us uh, how they're used and contrast sort of in a rural use case versus a metropolitan use case? Yeah, sure. Um, so starting off with what a small cell is, um, you know, depending on how you define it, you might include Wi-Fi and DAS in that as well. But for the most part, when you talk about cellular small cells, you mean what is essentially a, a miniature base station, Pico cells, Femto cells, you know, they might handle anywhere from, you know, maybe 10 users on up. Um, and, uh, you know, and so these are meant to be deployed. Some of them are deployed in houses, you know, to, to get better coverage there. Um, you know, sometimes in the enterprise, um, you know, we're also starting to see a little bit in terms of urban deployments, urban outside deployments where, you know, anybody could basically be a, a user on a small cell. Um, as far as the, um, <clears throat> the rural versus urban um, deployment scenarios, um, you know, we did just have the small cell forum do their release on uh, rural and remote applications. Um, this kind of rounds out their release program. So they've, they've kind of covered all of the potential use cases now uh, for small cells. And um, <clears throat> when you talk about rural and remote, generally it's lighting up you know, very specific areas where you might not necessarily have coverage as opposed to capacity. So if an enterprise has a warehouse in the middle of nowhere, then you know a small cell might be the right situation for getting coverage to that area, as opposed to you know there might not be very good macro coverage. You probably don't want to spend the money to put in DAS, and if you want cellular, you know Wi-Fi might be be one option. But if you want cellular, you might really want to look at a small cell. Um, one of the nice things about the rural and remote deployments is that you don't run into some of the same interference issues because you probably didn't have. Uh, 
necessarily conflicting coverage there in the first place. Um, you know, so they are being used. Um, you know, some of the folks that I've talked to, like JDSU, mentioned that they're starting to see these. Um, you know, in places like the UK, and so they're definitely out there. And uh, the small cell forum report numbers confirm that. All right, Kelly, and I mentioned earlier this uh, webinar that you conducted. I think it was about two weeks ago. You had yeah. guests from the uh, Small Cell Forum that we talked about, as well as uh, Rody Schwartz, Acedian Networks, and a Knight. Can you give us a, an overview of what the key takeaways to that webinar are? Sure. You know, we talked about, we covered a lot of ground in that webinar. And, uh, you know, everything from Exedian talking about, uh, you know, backhaul testing related to small cells and kind of the wired aspects of that, you know, to the, the RF environment when you start talking about small cells, particularly in urban environments, um, you know, that can get really complex. And so, you know, we talked, <clears throat> you know, so um, the, the market is definitely still evolving. It's been kind of a slower ramp than, you know, the kind of initial industry hype really suggested. Um, but, you know, we're seeing it. And um, I think people are expecting a surge this year. Um, some more people talked about, you know, maybe 2017 as a time frame where we right, might really start seeing large deployments. Um, but, you know, this this is, it's, it's a dynamic situation, I think, in the ecosystem right now. Um, <clears throat> so it's evolving. Um, we're also starting to see, uh, along with that kind of the technical aspects evolving along with the business case and so everything from you know starting to think about small cells in terms of you know what it's going to mean for carrier aggregation um you know what it's going to mean for not just lte but lte advanced when we start getting into some of those other features as well and of course all of those things have to be enabled on the handsets in order for the the network benefits to really be there but people are definitely thinking about them and we're also starting to see more uh, multi-technology support in terms of, you know, it's cellular plus Wi-Fi. Um, Alcatel-Lucent recently announced a, a new line of small cells that has that, that, that option as well, where you can offer public Wi-Fi, you know, along with the small cell. And, um, you know, so, so we are seeing the broader band support, multi-technology support, and, you know, and those things are starting to become more widely available in ways that, uh, you know, are probably more practical for operators to deploy than, you know, okay, we're going to put a 3G small cell and we're going to put a 4G small cell and we're going to put Wi-Fi. And, you know, all of those, when you're talking about these very small sites where you have to make sure that you have power and backhaul, it, the more consolidated everything can be, uh, the more cost effective it is uh, and the faster you can deploy it. And so I think uh, from, from the folks that I talked to, part of the reason that we've seen this slower ramp has been that, um, you know, they're still figuring out the technology, they're still figuring out the pricing to really make all of this work. Yeah, you know, you mentioned this sort of slow buildup to a broad commercialization of small cell. I, I saw a market report just this morning that uh, predicted 2015 is going to be a huge surge year for small cell. They uh, ran their algorithms, uh, the research company's market experts, by the way, they ran their algorithms and they're looking uh, at, at small cell shipments to double, in some cases, triple over the course of this year. So I think that that really supports what you're telling us. You know, I tuned in to a little bit of your webinar and I was really uh, impressed with all of the questions that you got. Can you give us sort of an overview of what the folks that tuned in really seemed to pick up on? 
Yeah, you know, I think that was one of the best parts of it, really. We had great audience engagement. We had a lot of questions. You know, this is really a, a, a topic that's of a lot of interest to the industry. Um, you know, because we were kind of focused specifically on testing along with the market trends, you know, we did get questions like, um, you know, what metrics do you use to test a small cell? What actions do you take? You know, and some of those are very specific to, you know, what a particular operator is asking for in deployment. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, coverage, capacity, uh, you know, average throughputs, uh, you know, those kind of things are definitely, uh, you know, we're definitely the topic of discussion. Um, you know, another question that came up was, you know, what's the most common backhaul solution that you see? And, uh, you know, yes, carriers really like to have fiber backhaul, uh, but when it comes to some of these sites, uh, you know, there there are definitely other options and, and people wanted to know about that. One of the most interesting questions that I thought we had, you know, we had um, Andy Germano there, who's the vice president of the Small Cell Forum. And uh, we had one of our audience members ask him whether uh, the Small Cell Forum is considering, uh, you know, is it time for a certification program for small cells? And he actually said that that's something that they're thinking about and exploring. Um, and so I think that the industry, you know, might really like to see that when you look at some of the, the plug fest testing that Etsy has done, you know, you still find that there are interoperability issues that are going on and, uh, and, a, and a certification program might address that. Okay. And, you know, earlier you mentioned LAAA, this is, I'm sorry, two A's, LAA, that's license assisted <laughs> access. And, uh, you know, to, to kind of gloss it, what this does is it lets a small cell access spectrum that you would generally see Wi-Fi operating over. Uh, this is something that Ericsson made a big announcement about at the Consumer Electronics Show, and they sort of continued to push it at Mobile World Congress. They're looking to have some carrier-ready units later in the year, and they've already got some interest from T-Mobile. So Kelly, from all of your reporting and the conversations that you have, how do you see LAA figuring into the future of small cell? Well, you know, when I talked with, uh, I talked with Erickson, I also talked with um, Stefan Pongratz, who's an analyst at Deloro Group. And he said that the business case for license assisted access is pretty obvious. Uh, you know, so going, you know, following on that, it sounds like, uh, you know, this is something that we might see the industry adopt. Um, when you talk about licenses to access, so it's, you know, as you said, you know, you're, you're using small cells in uh, probably five gigahertz spectrum. Um, so it's, it's Wi-Fi spectrum, it's unlicensed spectrum, you know, and there are always issues that come up in terms of, you know, concerns about quality of service, et cetera, when you're dealing with unlicensed spectrum. So I think there's some, so there's definitely some challenges there to address, but I think you're starting to see the test industry um, you know, gear up to address, you know, Wi-Fi to cellular handoffs there with license assisted access. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's definitely possible, um, you know, between the business case being there and, you know, people always looking for access to more spectrum. I think that's a pretty strong argument in favor of, of, of us probably seeing some movement on, on license assisted access. Okay, and you know, another news item I've been seeing a lot of, uh, of course, has an acronym that goes with it, and that one's E-I-C-I-C. That's yes. in, I got to go to the paper for this one. That's Enhanced <laughs> Intercell yes. Interference Coordination. Uh, Nokia and SK Telecom made a, a big launch of this product. Uh, it's a commercial small cell that includes the E-I-C-I-C functionality. So help us understand why it's important for a carrier to reduce interference on a small cell 
And then if you could, uh, you know, what's it mean to me? What's it mean to grandma? What's the end user perspective? Yeah, yeah. So EICIC is part of the LTE Advanced Standard. It's it's designed to, um, you know, to solve some of these issues that come in when you have a macro site and a small cell is completely within the field of a, of a macro site. Uh, you know, that's definitely going to get you some interference issues. So <clears throat> when you run into interference issues, you know, and and it, this often affects handoffs. Um, so handovers, you know, you're you're walking with your cell phone. You know, maybe you're walking along the sidewalk. Maybe you're moving in and out of a building. Uh, you know, maybe you're moving along inside that building. And if it's a building with multiple small cells, you could be bouncing around between the different cells, and that can really affect uh, the performance of your device, both in terms of voice quality and data quality. And so that's really where. Um, you know, interference issues come into play. And that's one of the reasons why interference has been, uh, you know, one of the big issues that operators and installers and test companies are trying to address in the deployment of these things. So, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you'll get a device and, and uh, you know, it'll hang on to a certain site, you know, maybe longer than you expect it would, you know, maybe it'll bounce a little bit more easily between sites and, and you know and when you're going between a macro site which can cover you know tens of miles you're not going to necessarily run into those cell edges as often but when you're in a small cell with you know a diameter that's much much smaller in in the dozens of feet maybe or, or maybe maybe hundreds of feet depending on if it's a metro cell um, then you're going to run into those cell edges more often you're going to have more handovers and that's a lot more complicated network inner workings and interactions, and it also can impact your user experience as an end user. And so, you know, that's really why carriers are putting such an emphasis on, on dealing with interference from small cells. And one of the reasons I think we know why we have seen that smaller ramp is because they're still figuring it out. Okay, and you know, a lot of what we've been talking about so far directly applies to the uh, 4G LTE standard. But it also figures into something we talk a lot about here on HetNet Happenings, and that's the uh, elusive 5G standard, the next oh, evolution yes. of the cellular network. Uh, you know, yeah. In fact, just last week, we had Robert Heath from uh, the University of Texas Wireless Network and Communication Group. These guys are right on the leading edge of 5G research. And while there's still not really any consensus on, on what will define 5G, I have yeah. heard over and over again that small cell will be central, particularly when we talk about these dense, dense urban settings, and then also helping achieve uh, spectral efficiency by doing some of these things we talked about with LAA, which is using unlicensed spectrum. So Kelly, from your perspective, what, how do you think small cells are going to figure into 5G? Well, there's definitely a lot of talk. Um, and one of the interesting things is that the GSMA, the Global Mobile Suppliers Association, has been kind of collecting a series of white papers from different vendors and people across the industry. And, you know, and, and they're, uh, it's a chance for them to kind of share their perspective on what 5G is going to look like, you know, what are some of the technologies that might be at work there, um, you know, what are some of the things that, that 5G should accomplish. Um, small cells definitely factors in that. Uh, you know, both in terms of, you know, highly dense networks, um, as well as, uh, you know, being a good vehicle for the propagation characteristics of the kind of spectrum that people assume will be, 
the, the main vehicle for 5G, uh, you start getting into very high spectrum bands there and the propagation um, characteristics are, are very different. So if you got something at 700 megahertz, you're gonna have pretty good propagation for f over far distances. <clears throat> and when you start talking about the much higher bands, the propagation is, is much shorter. Uh, in terms of you know where you can really get good coverage, and because of that, uh, you know small cells seem kind of like a no-brainer in terms of you're going to need to have your endpoints much closer to the user, and so that's part of the reason that uh, that people think um, that small cells will play such an important role in 5G, along with the fact that people expect there are going to be much higher capacity and speed needs when it comes to 5G. Uh, now I've seen you know some of the vendors saying that small cells, uh, you know, in terms of um, 5G and those and those very high frequencies will probably be a complement to um, you know to the the macro system that we already have. You know that LTE will continue to advance. LTE advanced. We haven't even really started to tap into a lot of the features there. And, and when you start talking about things like carrier aggregation, you know, we're just barely starting to see two carrier aggregation in some areas, in some networks. So we've got a long way to go in LTE. There's still a lot of life left in that standard. Um, you know, but I, I, I do think that we're going to see more small cells, you know, as we get further into LTE advanced. And, uh, you know, and, and it seems like the next logical progression, particularly for the spectrum that's, that's expected to be used, uh, you know, for, for small cells to play a much bigger role as things get going. Well, Kelly, it, small cell sure seems like a hot topic, and I really appreciate you agreeing to join me and share your insights into it. I think we learned a lot today. And uh, I'll probably ask you to do this again in a few months so we can sort of uh, discuss the latest and greatest in small cell. And, Great. Thanks so much, Sean. And yeah, I'd like to put in a, a little plug for your coverage. If you go to rcrwireless.com, you'll see lots of good information from Kelly about small cells. If you'd like to access that webinar that we mentioned, you can go to rcrwireless.com, click the webinar tab. You'll find it that way. And we've also got a late content up on our YouTube channel about small cells. So please be sure to check that out. And to the folks at home, thanks for joining us on HeadNet Happenings. HetNet Happenings is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Sean Kinney or to suggest a show topic for HetNet Happenings, you can reach Sean at skinney at rcrwireless.com. On Twitter at SeanKinneyRCR. To find out more about the latest in HetNet and all things wireless, dig into rcrwireless.com.